Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Dan. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today our topic is all about overcoming the overwhelm. Um, I think, I don't know, the kids have, my kids have gone back to school today and I'm having a bit of an overwhelm because all the stuff I should have been doing in the holidays, like I haven't done. And now deadlines are coming up quickly and I feel like I need to like just crack on with stuff whilst also clearing out my son's bedroom, you know, that's been lived in for like six weeks that I've been not doing and new puppy and um all of that kind of stuff so I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed myself so I'm probably going to give myself some advice here practice what you preach (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's not a nice feeling being overwhelmed and it's there's that old saying oh it always comes in threes and you think that's a bit of a stupid saying but it kind of does it does yeah yeah Or maybe it doesn't come in threes, but it just when one thing goes wrong, it does seem to just compound and snowball really quickly. Whether that's just your frame of mind and you and you tell yourself that it's getting worse, it's kind of a perspective thing, mm. or the universe just kind of does say, right, I'm just going to give you a whole load of shit now and <laughs> see what you're made of. I don't know, but yeah, overwhelm does happen to all of us. Yeah, and then sometimes you wonder why you add extra things into your life. Like I've just getting a new puppy which was kind of all right when the kids were home because then they could like, look after him as well. But now it's like down to me because I'm the one in the house all day, in and out. And the kind of thing, why did I do that? But obviously he's gorgeous and cute, but a demon. Um, but yeah, you think, why do I, one of my clients thinks she's analysed me and she thinks I'm addicted to busyness. Mm. You're addicted mm. to chaos. Chaos, chaos. I like to live in a world where I've got loads of stuff on. So actually, I probably quite like this feeling if I'm truthful, but sometimes it does get a bit over the top. I've always been a busy person. Like I've always had stuff to do. So when I haven't got stuff to do, I panic even more. But there's a a fine line, isn't there? Like I used to be a statistician, right? And I used to analyze. I once did this big project on um, social workers. Because social workers were typically the kind of people who got overwhelmed with things and um, would go off work, have high like um, sickness rates and stuff. And what was really, really interesting was when we came up with the analysis of the data was that um, the ones who had the highest caseloads were the least stressed because they loved their job and they were in the floor. And it was the ones with the with fewer cases who were actually going off on the sick and saying that they were overwhelmed. Mm. So isn't that interesting? And we were trying to analyse that. We had to get loads of like psychoanalysts in and stuff. And they were saying like, maybe the ones who with the fewer cases are the ones who are actually struggling. So they feel like they can't take on more cases and they're struggling with the job, their lives and everything else around them. Whereas the ones who were taking on more cases and were getting through them, it's like throughput work and stuff, were the ones who were just in the floor. They were had the momentum, they just got stuff done, they got stuff finished, because that's an important thing, being able to finish a task. So that was quite interesting, I thought. Yeah, there's so many many factors coming to that. I imagine a lot of it's to do with loving what you do, because with regards to, yeah, like career, say, like you were talking about, you can give someone who loves what they do 10 tasks to do, 
and they would get through them. Yeah, it would be stressful. It would be busy, but they would love the process and they would love they would love what they're doing. But then mm. give someone who doesn't love what they're doing those ten tasks, and the the stress will just be compounded. Yeah. Or you might give them even half the tasks, and the stress might be compounded. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, that's probably a good bit of advice. If you give someone else the same problems, they wouldn't be overwhelmed because that's what they enjoy doing. Exactly. So really, you might be overwhelmed because if you go back to the root of what's happening, you don't even like what you're doing in the first place. So it doesn't matter what the quantity is. If what you're doing, you don't like or you don't love, mm. then it's going to seem overwhelming. I think it'll probably be the like the hu- humans are really resilient as well. You've Well, I've heard this off kind of multiple different sources, but people who have like really busy jobs and people who have that personality where they like it being almost hectic, like you said, you, you're kind of addicted to that chaos mm. and you almost, you feel worse when you have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But you get these people who are busy all year round and every day they're getting stuff done and then they take a break, they go on holiday or they have some time off and then they get sick. Yeah. Teachers, that's very common in teachers, isn't it? When... Yeah. Is it something to do with the immune system's always on guard and it's like it, mm. it's used to the buzz and the hormones are firing? Yeah. And then when you calm down, it's kind of like you're off guard a little bit. Your body mm. doesn't know what to do, um, which is weird. I kind of don't fully understand it, but yeah, I've definitely heard that a few times. Yeah. But when we did that study, it was like there was a proportion of people who had a high case load and were really stressed. So they were like, you know, that's yeah, what you would sense, have yeah. expected to find. Yeah. But the, the people who were recording the highest stress levels were the ones who had the fewest Cases and then we analyzed the cases where they're more complicated because some uh, used to deal with family courts. So you could have like a family with nine kids, and all of those kids had to have you know um, separate things, or a family with one child. So it was wasn't that the cases were more complex. It was just that they didn't feel that they could cope with the job. So interesting stuff. Like I sometimes feel like I'm in the eye of the storm, <laughs> and I know that sometimes like. This is just my trait that I'll worry about stuff for ages, but not actually do it until like the day before or something. And then just get it like I'll spend three weeks worrying about something and then just go, I'll do it. And then I've done it. Do you know what I mean? So I know that that I'm that personality type that does that. I need a deadline. Yeah, but then you think I could have saved myself the three weeks of stress and the detrimental (laughs) side effects of of being in the chaos. Yeah. And then often once you once you do the task. You just think, well, why the hell didn't I do that? I know. I Sometimes it takes like it. two yeah. minutes or something to do yeah. something that's been in your head for like three years. To do. Exactly. And that goes, that feeds into the same thing as like, if you have something really major going on in your life and then you eventually tackle it and you just think that might have been plaguing me for 10 years, just having a conversation <laughs> with an old friend or a family member or changing career. And the solution could just be there in a two minute conversation. You're right. It's, it's never as bad as what we tell ourselves it's going to be or very rarely no. I imagine it's just we we give ourselves the, these imaginary scenarios where the whole world's going to end if we if we face that discomfort but often we face the discomfort and maybe the, the other person's also been thinking the same thing all along but they've been yeah. also afraid or if it's a career change yeah and you want to tell your manager or your boss you want to change career they might be totally supportive and it's it's strange but yeah yeah it's we we let the fear come in don't we yeah, I think the battles in our heads are worse than the battles that ever really we truly need to do in real life, aren't they? Because the head can, that that's overcoming everything, isn't it? Self-mastery, Dan, that's what we always talk about, isn't it? It's mastering those voices in your head. 
Yeah, and we said in a, a recent podcast as well that for all that year, if you, you're going to tackle a difficult task or scenario in your life, you might eventually build up the courage or a deadline might appear and you think, right, well, I have to do this now. So you, you have these million awkward scenarios in your head, but you might even think of the perfect scenario where you're going to do the perfect pitch or this is right, I've got it nailed, okay? It's been plaguing me for so long. This is what's going to happen. And then life sometimes just goes, well, that's what you think. This is actually what's going to happen. This is what you need. So what sometimes I think, what's the point in these massive grand plans? Because sometimes life just seems so crazy. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Like anyone who had a business plan three years ago, COVID came and just went, well, you know, never mind this perfect business plan. I'll, I'll show you what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I know. And, and this is one of my top tips, actually. Put it into perspective um, because you're right, you know, who could have thought that COVID would come along? You know, we can get hit at any point in our lives by anything and it would just put the whole thing. And is anyone actually going to care that you didn't do that essay or that thing that you were going to do? Probably not, is the answer. Perspective is a funny thing. We normally get a massive dose of perspective in reality when something like kind of really major happens in life. Mm. And then we get that massive perspective, that massive hit of like what really matters. And in that moment or those few days or weeks, life does seem a lot more clearer and simpler. Like these are the important things, but it always fades away. Mm, it does, doesn't it? Why does that happen? You know, when someone yeah. dies and you always go, oh, especially if they were like young or your age or something and they die and you're always like, um, for example, you know, that's Sarah Harden from um, Girls Aloud just unfortunately died this this week and everybody's outpouring of grief on Facebook and like, you know, live life to the fullest and all of this stuff. And then is it because, why do we do that? Is it because we've then faced with our own mortality and then, and it's just a, a passing thing, isn't it? Because then we get tied back up in our own lives. When we're actually forced to face our own mortality, we actually go, oh yeah, what are the, what are important things in life? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? And that feeling wears off, I think, because the world still has to turn. Like in that mm. in that moment of reality and like oftentimes grief, you get that, those big bouts of grief and then really like moments of real appreciation for life and friends and family. Like that mm. pendulum kind of swings in, in that period. But eventually you have to get back to work and taking the kids to school and... You know, yeah, and then you just get stuck in the mundane again, don't you? Yeah, and then it, like the whole overwhelm because you've got to get the kids ready, you got to do this, yeah. you got to have the teas, you got to tidy the house, you got to do your work, you got to do the dog, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but those things have to be done for the world to turn and yeah. those to get there. Like, so it's just um, the the perfect balance would be getting all those things done, but also appreciating that this is all just transient; it could all change. So yeah, probably just. That's why things like gratitude journaling and a bit of meditation and a long time are good. It makes you appreciate things. You still, you have to live in reality. Things need to get done, but you also don't be hung up on them too much because the real important stuff is your friends and your family and your relationships and being true and to your yourself. Health. Yeah, in, in your health, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's it's fine tuning that. And I think the people who also, like who seem the happiest, they don't get hung up on material things and they still live in normal life but be really appreciative of, of the major things do you know what I mean so yeah exactly um so one of my top tips is um 
to because for me I always have loads of stuff rolling around in my head um to get it out of your head and put it on paper and nine times out of ten that actually works for me just write a list this is what I've got to do so it's a whole prioritize and urgency thing like what do I actually need to do today what can I leave till tomorrow till next week and then that's my that is actually what my top tip is <laughs> that's what I need to do today <laughs> that's a tip for yourself that's a my tip for myself yeah I find you know like if in the night if you wake up I used to do this all the time when I worked I don't do it so much now because I work for myself so nobody's telling us what to do but when I worked for other people like I used to wake up in the night like thinking oh I haven't done this I haven't done that I haven't done this and writing stuff down always helped I found yeah because it can feel really jumbled up in your head and if you get it down on paper it's strange mm. it's like a transfer of energy you get it down on paper and then you read it out loud it's yeah it a lot more real and then even just as simple as it having it on paper you can then just reorganize it and put the most important stuff at the top right if i do this this is going to conquer these other three problems you can tackle it a bit more logically if it's on paper mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, make, and make it like a task or almost a like gamify it because in your head you've also got all your emotions or oh, yeah what the last thing you were watching on telly was you know like it's mm-hmm. it goes into that whole tumble drive of craziness in your brain doesn't it so if you just get yeah. it down on paper separate it all and make it an actual clear list and issues and priorities definitely makes it easier that's yeah that's definitely yeah good. the tumble drive crazy brain is a good way to describe it I would say because that is what it is and then you shove it in there and it just gets tossed and turned around and then it never comes out again does it so there's a lot of research around actually physically writing stuff down, isn't it? So um, just as a, an aside, when I'm getting people to record their um, food intake, I mean, you can do it on things like on my fitness pal apps and stuff, but I really like the old fashioned writing it down because there is a, a clear research around the physicality of writing something down and the eye and the brain and all that kind of stuff, which you don't really get with an app. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both. I understand like when you write, if I'm ever going to write, sometimes I like, I don't do journaling often, but sometimes I'll just, I don't know, I feel I just, I need to write everything, write something down, just whatever's in my head, just write it down. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I've wrote like five, eight, four pages. And you <laughs> read, a lot I really, of stuff in your head. <laughs> yeah. But, but then I would never open up a laptop and write five pages on Microsoft Word. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you do need that physicality. Yeah. It's an energy, energy release in a way, isn't it? Like that nervous energy. Sometimes your body needs to feel like it's doing something. Yeah, I think that's why when you're stressed, having a workout probably feels good. You think, right, I just need to. Some people say, oh, I just, I just need to go for a run, mm. and you just need to work it out of themselves. And maybe, maybe just, yeah. the, maybe just the the pen in your hand. It's, it's literally transferring what's in your head onto paper, but it's a physical act. It might only be very small, but it is a, a physical act. It's just getting whatever's in there out and just having it like represented in a different format so you can see what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah. And um, just talking about that physical act, I remember when Madeline McCann went missing and his her mother, what's her mother called again? Will come to us soon. Um <laughs> It's talking about name finding. I could never remember people's yeah. names. Anyway, I remember she got loads of criticism after because she went running. And but if that's your thing, like 
if that if something really oh, yeah. stressful like there's a, a big big research paper out at the moment about um stress and if you've re- if you've um had something really traumatic or stressful happen to you the worst thing to do is actually rest because your body's in that fight oh, you need to get the, those hormones out of your system because that's what your body's primed for essentially is that fight or flight thing so doing something active really helps and it also puts everything into perspective as well so Kate, Kate McCann. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it comes to me eventually. But um, yes, so she got loads of criticism for going running, but I can I totally could understand why she would do that. Yeah, I imagine she'd be criticized for everything she did then though. As yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, she was, I think. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, you're right about that. It's like nervous energy. That's literally what it is. You know, if you yeah. have nervous, nervous energy, some people can't stop. They go from one thing to the next, or if they I don't know, they start cleaning the house, and then the next thing you know, they've they've cleaned the whole cul-de-sac of like houses because they just can't stop. Yeah. They have that nervous energy you need to work out or you might go to the gym or you might go for a run. You need to get it out. It's that uh, fight or flight, like you said. You probably just need to get some endorphins going and just kind of clear the chaos for a second. It's kind of like just getting rid of that electric smog in your head and just blasting it all away. Or if you do something which totally takes your mind off it, like exercise, like yeah, going to the gym or going for a run. You can't really think about anything else when you're on your 10th rep of a hard workout. You're not mm. thinking, oh, well, if I if I move the bills around and if I send the kids to this school, you're not thinking about that when you're, you know what I mean, when you're approaching your limit on the one rep max on the deadlift. It's, <laughs> it's just giving yourself a little break. It's activating some different systems. And then when you might come back to your problem after a run or a workout, you might have figured out the solution because yeah. you give yourself a little break. You need it's to like switch that element of your brain off yeah don't you? it's like when you're trying to solve a problem i don't know say like a like an, on an intellectual side you're trying to solve a problem and then you can't think of it you go for a cup of tea and you come back and it, you get it within an instant because you've just give yourself a bit of a break and you, you've changed what the hell's going on and then it com- comes back to you so like you said about kate mccann she just sat in the house all day just getting annihilated off the press and being in fight or flight but not doing anything about it it probably would have made it 10 times worse yeah um, I mean, it's a bit of a crazy example because there's lots of uh, who knows what the hell went on in that situation. But as an example, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, um, after you've written it down, write a plan and block out your time because, you know, what? I, I realise this, I can spend a lot of time just doing nothing, like faffing. Um, but if I actually block out the time, then I get stuff done and stay true to those things as well because sometimes you can write it in the diary, go, oh, yeah. I was going to do that. I'll leave it. <laughs> but if you actually are overwhelmed, then it's in your best interests to block out the time and get it done. Yeah. A point that you mentioned earlier was lists as well. I find if I write something down on a list and I can tick it off, even like on my phone, there's something about having a list and seeing it done is really, really satisfying. There's probably some psychological oh, it is. reason why, totally. but it definitely is. Sometimes I'll have five things on the list and then I'll I'll do another two things like really important so then I'll write them on the list and then tick them off <laughs> yeah we used to laugh at my uncle doing that he always had lists like all over the place he was always like busy doing stuff and then he used to write things on his list that he'd already done <laughs> just to tick them off and we yeah. were all like going yeah. we used to laugh I laugh at him for doing that but yeah it's like it's true isn't it I do the same because then it's that- out of your head isn't it because then that would have been swelling around somewhere in the tumble dryer crazy brain yeah, it's, I think it's a sense of achievement as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you have a list, you, then you can always go back to it. But if it's just all in your head, you, you do forget stuff because mm-hmm. like you say, there's, there's a million other things going on. But if you've wrote it down and you know what you need to do, you can always go back to it and shit, I forgot about that. Right. I need to do it. I'll do it now. And like you said, make a plan, block out some time. And then like we said at the start of the podcast, often once you've done it, you think, I only took 10 minutes. I've been making to do that for three weeks. Yeah. It's exactly. never as bad as what you think it's going to be. But if you you have to be organized and lists and blocking out time, um, it, it definitely works. It might seem over oversimplified, but just give it a try. There's no downside to just being organized, is there? Yeah, exactly. No, um, all with that one as well. Um, one of my other points was to do little things like just sometimes you can't do the big thing that you want to do because like for me, sometimes I've got to sit down and write stuff. And I need I know that I need a good two hour like to get into the zone and I'm easily distracted. And so I need no distractions and just sit down and do it. But if I haven't got that time, I'll do all the other little things around it. Like, I don't know, ironing or changing the beds or do something like that. Just so those other stuff that he's doing isn't like just there in, in the crazy brain. So it's clearing the pathways to allow that other thing to happen, even though you're not actually doing the thing that you want to do. Yeah, it's probably like to yourself, you're just eliminating all the excuses you've been giving yourself to not do it. And yeah, I need to like run the hoover around. I need to do this. Oh, that means I can't do that. But just get them all done and then clear the clear the decks. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, especially when you, like you said, you wrote lists, you figure out what you actually need to do, is like prioritizing what actually needs doing. You might do all those little things and they they're probably inconsequential to the one big thing. And then if you do that one big thing, all the other little stuff just fades away. Yeah. That, that's definitely what it is, isn't it? It's mm. If you seem overwhelmed, and we said this recently on another podcast as well, it's kind of like, this is the biggest one for me, I think, is it's not that we've, it probably flies in the face of what we've just been talking about a little bit, but making lists and you probably get more done and you'll be more efficient. It's like, if you do seem overwhelmed, it's the stripping away of things, not the adding of things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just getting really simple on what actually you need to do, what your priorities are. Strip all the other stuff away because most of the time it's just trivial and you're worrying about it and it, it takes two minutes to do. And strip all that away and say, right, if I just do this, it'll probably have a knock-on effect and all the other stuff. It'll just get done or I won't be worried about it because you've tackled that big thing, which actually was stressing you out. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's a strip in a way. That's what we're talking about with nutrition as as well, isn't it? Rather than adding things in, take stuff out first before you add anything in. And I think people do get overwhelmed with the whole, that's the one thing that I find talking about health and stuff is people really get stuck on the nutrition and it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated because they're like, well, what can I eat? What How many calories should I be eating? And, And it's like, if you just eat healthy food, then you don't need to count the calories, all the macros. And But people do get really hung up on that, don't they? And what supplements should I have? Like, don't get supplements until you get enough protein and enough veg and all the other stuff in. Yeah, health in general is very, very simple. We've, we've mentioned this loads of times. It's just being complicated by clever marketing, mm-hmm. clever salespeople. Programming programming it's all to take money off you and to keep you pretty much unhealthy me and you can sit here and obviously there are some complex cases out there we're not denying that but 
the vast majority of people, you can tell them how to be healthy in about 20 seconds. And if you just did it, it works every time. If you just drink one to two liters of clean water a day, go to bed at 10 o'clock, sleep for eight hours, eat healthy food, exercise, doesn't matter what type, just do it five or six times a week. Some positive thinking and just work on a little bit of deep breathing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've just told you that. Do that but every day for the rest of your life. And 90 to 95% of your issues will probably go away with regards to health. But alternatively, we can probably do another 10,000 episodes on the intricacies of all those little things. <laughs> yeah. So it's, weird, so it's weird, isn't it? But yeah, but if you just strip it back to the absolute basics and do those right with regards to health, always, at least, anyway. Yeah, always get your yeah. foundations. And that's with overwhelm as well. Do your foundations, get them in, and then the rest all falls into place, doesn't it? Yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Exactly. It just set me off on a thought there about a broken window theory. Oh, come on then. <laughs> Have you heard of broken window theory? I think you've mentioned it maybe like a year ago on a podcast, but, but there's, there's that much stuff in my head now. It's, I don't know what that it's is It's the anymore. same guy who wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, who wrote, who wrote about broken window theory. So it was the mayor of New York, and he could see that um, the areas of de- degradation in the city were... Um, Firstly, was um, you could see it via the broken windows. So in a, um, a shop or a house or an apartment block became empty, um, the windows would get broken and then the drug addicts could go in and, and it would become, then, the, then as that block, you know, increased in, um, you know, the bad kind of parts of society, the good, the families and that would move out of the area, which created an ongoing thing. So he started fixing the windows. That was the first thing he, he did was, and, and he could tell the area, the level of degradation in the city via the amount of broken windows. So he started fixing the windows and um, that would then stop them from coming in. He just kept fixing the windows all the time. And then the, the families would move back into the areas and the, the shops would reopen and the community would be back. And it's quite interesting, really. So all he did was fix one window at a time. And that's what we need to do, isn't it? One window at a time. Just little stuff. And then at least it's a start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You see, if you just fix all the windows, but then if the, the quality of the people improves, then the quality of the neighbourhood improves. Yeah, that's And then it's got kind of a, a snowball effect, yeah. Uh-huh. It makes me think, which is, it's, this is not very kind of deep or thoughtful at all, but you know when... Yeah, you say you go to like the broken window theory. It, it just from on a surface of it, it looks, it's just a, like a, a first impression. It looks really bad. Yeah, I find, I find that with litter, you could go to the nicest place, but if, if there's just litter everywhere, it's such an easy fix, but mm-hmm. it has a massive impact. Yeah, it's like tidy desk, isn't it? Like, do you work yeah. in an untidy desk? Uh, or do you have a nice like organized there's a, a thing like about decluttering I find like decluttering really important to let things flow like if this, you're surrounded by crap all the time you're working in a crap area declutter it take oh, stuff you, away it's like a, a chicken or the egg situation if you live in a cluttered environment your brain's probably cluttered but if you've got a cluttered brain then your environment's also going to be cluttered so it's like yeah it's, it's going to de-stress you by getting rid of all that. Because if you own things and you're disorganized, it's going to manifest itself in yourself as well because there's just chaos around you. It's going to make you feel chaotic. Mm-hmm. And also if, you, if your mind and your thoughts are chaotic and your life is, you're going to have a, a disorganized, chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. So, like, But the easiest way to do that is you can manage your environment quite easily. You can declutter in a day. 
mm-hmm. obviously your mind's a bit more complex. So there's a saying, isn't it? it, it this goes with um, with time as well. So if people are always, they've got too much in the schedule and they, they're late for everything and then they, they turn up on the wrong day at the wrong time and this thing, it's like, it's a sign of a, a disorganized mind. So people who have well-organized time have a well-organized mind. Everything's in order. They know when they're going to do it. They probably live a minimalist life and they're really reliable and they, they tackle tasks. So yeah, time, organization, it's all a manifestation of what the hell's going on in your head. Mm. It it literally comes out physically. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. Right. Next point is delegate. What can you just delegate? And that doesn't mean like you often delegate to someone else, but can you delegate it to a later time? Can you say, I mean, this is easier when you've got people who work for you as well, (laughs) but um, is there stuff that can wait? And is there anybody else who you can get in? Some often you have to pay for that, but is it worth it? yeah knowing your knowing your strengths and weaknesses as well mm-hmm. as a probably you know this more than me as like a, a lot of people get into like self-employment their own business entrepreneurship and they do it for a really good reason because they you're really interested in like a, a field of health and fitness pilates holistic health mm-hmm. so you want to you want to share that gift with the world you probably think it's going to make the world a better place it's going to be it's going to be healthier for me making a living doing something i love Mm-hmm. it comes with the best intentions but then you don't realize knowing pilates and health and fitness is literally about five percent of the whole job yeah, you, need exactly. to know, you need to know payroll marketing finance retention acquisition social media <laughs> and another 25 things and you think hold on i got into this because i want to share my love for health and fitness and make people happier but now i'm i'm becoming to hate it because all the other stuff is so stressful, which I didn't realize I needed. So that's when delegation comes in. Mm-hmm. You have to know a little bit about all of it because then you need to know what to delegate. You might be terrible at, at finance. Say, okay, I'm just going to pay someone to look after the finances because then that, then that gives you more time and energy to share what you got into it in the first place with, which is passion about helping people. But if all the other stuff becomes overwhelming, then yeah, delegate. But you have to, you still have to know a little bit of each to know what yeah. you're about so. I think that was one of the things that I found overwhelming when I first started a business it's like how much stuff you need to do just to have your own business like you need a website you need your social media platforms you need to have a, an accounting system you need this you need that and it's like my god all I wanted to do is teach a few classes but and it's not a linear system either there's no, no. one there's no one who has laid this system out and says right first you do this then you do this, yeah. then you do this. And there's it's no just one an absolute shitstorm. There's no one way that works. Like, you know, everybody has different platforms and you know, all this singing and dancing stuff. And what works for me might not work for you. And like uh, for example, when you try to get people to pay by PayPal, <laughs> like, oh, none of God, your clients yeah. had PayPal, did they? Yeah. So you think it was unbelievable, just, wouldn't you? I had just simple little things like getting people money in like some people just don't have the systems to do that that's what a lot of people really struggled with in lockdown um so it's interesting it's just like no right or wrong but you're right you just have to just one day at a time which is my next point one day at a time (laughs) and don't think that you have to have everything done at once one day at a time yeah what's that saying that you um when you went through your crazy tony robbins 
Oh yeah. Anastage. You used to love Tony Robbins. I think you, I you've did. gone I've, off the I've, I've gone bit. off a bit. <laughs> I've listened to him for a while. But yeah. What, what do you say? You, you um Oh, you, you underestimate over, what you overestimate yeah. what you can do in a yeah, yeah, but underestimate what you can do in five years. Yeah, exactly. And it plays into what uh, James Clear says, which we talk about all the time. That if you just get one percent better every day, you'll be thirty-seven times better in a year. <laughs> we say that in every podcast. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. <laughs> but it's it it rings true because if you're overwhelmed, right? Okay, do the basics. Get better at the basics every little day. Like with regards to business, if you set up your own business, and all these online systems in this digital world seems crazy. Just you might not even feel like you're getting anywhere, but just being in that chaos and just operating that chaos every day you will just become a little bit better by proxy, okay? And at least if you're doing a terrible job, you learn how not to do it. And if it gets to the point where after a year, where you think, right, I don't even feel as I'm any further forward, then delegate. Mm. But just being in it and just living in the chaos for a certain amount of time anyway, you do learn. It's difficult because there's no one ticking boxes for you and marking your work. And there's nobody telling you what to do. Yeah, but you will be getting better. And probably one of my points is with, with overwhelm, is don't compare yourself to others as well. Because especially in this day and age, we compare ourselves to people who are 10 years down the line from us. And you just you just can't be there. And they're only shown their success because they're proud of it. They probably didn't show the 10 years when exactly. it was going shit. You know what I mean? So it's only the tip of the iceberg that you see. You don't see all the hard work, they're not paying yourself for months and all that kind of stuff that everybody who has their own business has gone through. Yeah, so, but, it, but it can be over, overwhelming to think that everyone else is so far ahead. Oh, life. yeah. Yeah, so again, strip it back. Don't worry about anyone else. Just worry about you. Just be getting 1% better every day. And then all of a sudden, it'll be people looking at you and thinking, oh, man, I wish I was as, as gifted as those people. <laughs> and they don't realize you've gone through the shit and all the yeah. negative emotions and the self-doubt, which everyone goes through. But the people who, are, who get there in the end or seem to be getting there in the end, They've just gone through that shit and they've overcome the hurdles and realised that there's no other way to do it and just do it, pretty much. Yeah, just do it. Um, That's about it, I think. I'm, oh, set deadlines. I'm really good at setting deadlines and then not following them. <laughs> I have found that if I say something, like, this is, this is my plan of action that always works for me, is, right, say I'm going to run a 14-day course, something, and then... I kind of have a vague idea in my head just because I've always done these kind of things and I've done them before from experience. But if I know that I've got a lot of people signed up, then that that's my accountability as well to get it done. So set deadlines, but then have other people making you accountable to them. Yeah, especially if you know other people are relying on you. That's, that's massive because mm-hmm. it's respectful to other people if you set them a deadline and then you're the one who's slacking. Yes. That's, yeah, so... It's like having those accountability partners is really good because mm-hmm. if you're if you're a good person with good values, then you don't want to kind of take people's money and and promise people your time and then not show up. That's yeah, you're probably not going to get anywhere in life or business if that's your if that's one of your values. So yeah, and that's it really. That's our plan for overcoming overwhelm. It's just taking it one step as long as you're being consistent. That's another one of our favorite things, consistently moving forward, even if it's just a tiny little beetle step, it's still a step forward and it's still heading in the the right direction and you're still getting ahead of the person who hasn't moved off the sofa. So it's all good. Yeah, and realize you're not the only one 
hence the reason that we are doing this podcast everyone feels overwhelmed at some point it, it isn't it is not a nice feeling but oftentimes it's temporary and the, the good thing is you can always do things to to overcome it mm-hmm. we'll give you lots of tips here but no one has ever felt overwhelmed for the whole life just re- recognize that okay it's, it it's is a temporary, temporary feeling yeah but yeah you that also means you do have to take action and you know try and get rid of it because yeah it's, it isn't a good feeling it's like a cloud passing over a blue sky oh we'll end on that very uh, happy note eh? <laughs> and it's very blue skies today it's gorgeous right okay then gang thank you very much for listening and um remember you can find us on everywhere now audible is one of our new ones that we're just on and my website organicpilates.co.uk itunes spotify all that and if you have enjoyed this podcast please spread the love because we um would love for new listeners to come in and we always like to hear people's feedback as well so thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon thanks bye